Be turning over to Romans 2, if you would, as we begin today. And uh, Gary, I held off on Romans till you got back, all right? I held off. I'm in the same spot. We've had a couple good weeks of our memorial service and our graduation service last week and kind of took a little detour from Romans. Now we want to kind of drift back and get back into it. Uh, I don't know. I'm just sitting there listening as Casey sung and try, trying to look at all this. And, and uh, man, there is good news, guys. I mean, sometimes it feels like, well, Todd, you just talk about judging and, and God judging and sinners and lostness and all that. And, and, and there is good news. Uh, you know, his grace, uh, we, we look at ourselves in the mirror sometimes. We think, man, we're just so wretched and we don't have a chance. This world's wretched and don't have a chance. But that's why Jesus came. That's why Jesus came and died on the cross. That's why he came and gave his life for you and me so that we could have eternal life and we can get through all this craziness with his help. But we live in a time, guys, where we know that there's an all-out war going on. There's an all-out spiritual war going on today in our country and in our world, and it's getting bigger and bigger by the moment. Tonight we're going to get into the little bitty book of Jude. Right before Revelation, it's about 22, 23 verses. We're going to begin looking at that. And right at the beginning of the part, Jude writes something. He said, I'd like to write you something about, you know, kind of Christian devotional. I'd kind of like to write you something about love. But the Spirit has inclined me that we have to realize that we're in a battle. We have to realize that there's lostness. We have to realize that, that Jesus is coming back. And it, it could be any moment. We have to realize that we have to stand up for God. We have to realize that there's people in our family that are still lost, that don't know Christ. We need to realize that we're just that far away from slipping and making a major blunder in our life if we don't stay locked in to God. And it's very important that we realize the battle that we're in and the battle that we face because the devil is lurking on every corner to destroy us. He wants to destroy us. He wants to destroy our kids. He wants to destroy our family. He wants to destroy our marriages. He wants to destroy so many things. He wants to destroy our country. He wants to destroy our churches. And he wants to just rip us apart at the seams so that we are rendered useless in the testimony of Christ. And we must be on guard. We must be alert. We must be watchmen at the gate and ready to stand for Christ. Because, guys, I believe the days are getting short. And the time is coming near for our Lord to return. And listen... As we read this morning, don't take his patience as he's winking on things. He's not, but he is a patient, gracious, loving God whose grace is bigger than all of eternity. And he, grace, he just keeps waiting and waiting and waiting. And he wants us to share and share and share so that next person, that next person, that next person, that next person can come to know Jesus as Savior. And he's waiting and he's wanting to make a difference in people's lives. And still yet people say, I don't have time for that, or I'm going to do this on my own. I can be good enough to get to heaven. And guys, we just can't do it. And it brings us back to Romans 2. And Paul's trying to tell us that, look, we're going to get into the really good stuff here in, in Romans, but at the very front, he, first of all, in chapter 1, we remember that he showed us that we're wretched, that we are people that's going to go toward the wrong every time. And the only way that we're going to go toward the right is have Jesus in our heart. Because even with Jesus, we all know, I, I know as your pastor, you know as a, as a member of the family of God, that it's a battle every day of our life to live for Christ. This is not an easy thing. It's a lot easier just to shuck it all and say, I'm going to live how I want to, and to heck with all this. 
But Jesus said, I'll give you strength. I'll give you power. I'll give you a way to make it through. And through that, you're going to witness to someone else, and they're going to make it through, and, it, uh, and so on and so on and so on so that we can grow the kingdom of God. And guys, it's, it's something we have to be on point. Man, we, we are in point for our family. We are on point for our kids. And guys, this is where we should be on point. As a church, as believers, as children of God, we have got to stay on point for God because these days are ugly. I made Dana turn the news the other night. It just, it's just terrible. It's just one police record after another, one, one murder after another, one stabbing after another, one child molestation after another. And you go, what in the world is going on with our country? Guys, we need Jesus. We need Jesus every living second of our life. That's how cruel and mean we can be. We cannot set him to the side for one second, one minute, one day, one hour, one week. We have to be with him every second of our life. Or the devil will work his way in and he will just, he will cause havoc in our lives. And guys, that's why I'm, I'm so adamant about these scriptures. Because it's so important. What I hear so much today is, don't judge me. Don't judge me. God will be my judge, and you know what? That is 100% correct. And that's what we read in these scriptures right where we're at today. God's going to be the judge. But I don't want you to forget something. God is going to judge you. Do you understand me? When you say, don't judge me, I want you to understand. Okay, I understand that. And then you say, God's going to judge me. I understand that. But also, don't think he's not going to judge you. He will. And there's a couple ways he's going to judge you. He's going to judge you through your sin and who you are, or he's going to judge you through the blood of Jesus Christ. And brothers and sisters, I'm telling you, you better be washed in the blood because when judgment comes and there's not the blood of Christ, there's trouble. There's trouble because you're not going to be able to work up to God's standards on your own. You can't be good enough. You cannot do it. You cannot be good enough. Let's look at Romans 2. Verse 1, we, Ron and 2, we spent a whole hour, I mean, not a whole hour, but a whole 30, 40 minutes on that last time. But let's, let's read 1 and 2, and then we'll go right into 3, okay? Don't judge me. You, therefore, have no excuse who pass judgment on someone else. Right here it tells us. For at whatever point you judge another, you are condemning yourself because you who pass judgment do the same things. And we can all say amen to that, if we're honest. We who pass judgment, and what he's talking about here is to smug, moralist, lost people that... that that, and he's talking to the lost in these scriptures, all right? Not talking to Christians. But sometimes we as Christians, we kind of get that Pharisee complex, and we think we're living all right, and they're living all wrong. And we love to point out other people's faults, and we miss our faults. And guys, that just points us one more time back to where we need Jesus. Verse 2, now, we know that God's judgment against those who do such things is based on truth. And we talked last week that one of the ways he's going to judge sin, all right, one of the ways he's going to judge sin, and that's what this chapter is about, how is God going to judge sin? One thing he's going to use is the word of truth, this word right here. If you want to know what you're going to be judged on, go to this word. Now, listen to me. You're not going to be judged on what you think is right. You're going to not be judged on what you think is the way to go nowadays. You're not going to be judged on, well, that was old-fashioned, but now we do things a different way. You're going to be judged on the word of truth, God's word, and if it's in here, that's the way you'll be judged. Now, you can't take and pick and choose. Somebody said it's kind of like people like want to read the Bible like eating granola. They want to pick out the nuts or the part they like, 
you know, and leave the rest in the bag. You can't do that when you're judged on God's word. You've got to know all of it. You've got to look at all of it. It's all important. That's why we study each verse, each chapter, each book. There's no book there that just, it's just filler. Well, let's put a few books there. It's, you know, just, let's fill up the 66 books. Huh? Give me Obadiah and give me uh, Micah. Let's throw them in there. They've got purpose. They've got ways to teach us. Verse 3. So, when you, a mere human being, pass judgment on them, and yet do the same things, do you think you will escape God's judgment? Talking about lost folks. Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance, and patience? Listen to this. Not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. Why do you think God is patient? Why do you think God is kind? Why do you think God allows blessings into your life before you're even saved? Because he's doing that to lead you to his feet. He's doing that to bring you to the foot of the cross. Now, I know in here this morning we have many Christians, many people that give their life to Jesus. And you go, Brother Todd, why, why are you preaching a sermon when, when all of us are saved? We, we know Christ. But guys, we have to realize when we talk to the world and we, we hear the things about don't judge me and we hear the things about, you know, I can do things my way and that's the old-fashioned, we have to realize that there is going to be a judgment. And we have to know the truth of how people will be judged, how their sin will be judged, so that we can share that. Not in a pious way, not that I'm better than you, but let me tell you, I knew, as we talked to a person maybe that's lost, I knew in my life that if I didn't find Jesus, I was not going to make it to heaven. I knew that I needed his grace. I knew that I needed his salvation. I knew that I needed his love for me, because I knew that without him, I'm going to stray, I'm going to do the wrong thing. You know why I know that? Because... I've done the wrong thing even with him a time or two. And we realize the battle. We butt heads all the time with our, our carnal, our old, our old human self and our spiritual self. We butt heads all the time. Can you imagine what the battle is like when you don't even have that voice of the Holy Spirit telling you to go with Christ and it just kind of releases you into the world to do whatever you want? That's why we see habitual sin over and over and over. And guys, I... As, as I look at this, I think about, I think one of our biggest problems in the world today is self-control. Man, you look around, and people can't control themselves anymore. They're doing horrific, horrible things to, to each other and, and to children and, and things that just, just, oh, it just makes you just almost want to throw up. And, you know, it's not up here on the screen, but, but let me remind you something real quick. You don't even have to turn there. But at the very back of Galatians... It tells you what a Christian is, what kind of fruits they're going to have, you know? The Bible says you're going to be known by your fruits, all right? It says in Galatians 5, 22, but the fruit of the Spirit, here's the things that you'll have if you know Christ. If you want to say, you know, I don't know if I'm really saved or not. I just don't know. Do you, do you have some of these fruits in your life? The Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, able to... To be patient with each other. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. And here's the one I think is huge. And self-control. You're going to be able to say, no, that's not right. That's not what I need to be doing. I'm going to love people just because, because God asked me to love. I'm going to be kind to people. 
Guys, we can be the most ruthless, unkind people there is. Man, if we don't have our food on our table five minutes after we sit down, we just go to screaming and hollering. We're just unkind. Somebody don't take care of us in the checkout line. They're just unkind. Patience, kindness, forbearance, being able to just wait a minute and to be long-suffering with people. Guys, let me ask you something. Has Jesus been long-suffering with us? Everybody better say amen. Amen. He is long-suffering with us. And yet we don't have two seconds for somebody. We're ready to just tell them off in a heartbeat. And self-control. You watch the news at night, and you just see how people are just loot. They don't have control of their self. That's because there's no Jesus. Guys, those are the fruits that you're supposed to have, that I'm supposed to have. And yes, there's a time we have to bite our tongue, yes. Is there a time that we don't get everything we want right when we want it? Yes. But let's, let me tell you, Jesus didn't get everything he wanted right when he wanted it either, when he walked this earth. He got spit on. He got his beard plucked out. He got nails driven through his hands and feet. He got a crown of thorns shoved on his head. He got whacked on the back dozens and dozens of times with whips. I'm sure that was not what he wanted at that time. But he did it for us. And he's asked us, and we read that verse in our, our class this morning, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. As the Father's asked me to do some things, I'm asking you to do some things. I want you to love each other. I want you to be kind. I want you to be faithful. Faithful to your Lord. Faithful. I want you to be long-suffering. I want you to be self-controlled. And listen, that don't just come because, okay, I'm not going to do it this time. I'll, okay, I got it. I'm not going to do it this time. That self-control comes from the Holy Spirit living in you and filling your life and, and teaching you to rein things in when you want to let it go. And guys, we see this happening. And when people habitually do that, over and over, and they choose to live in sin over and over. And listen, we all sin, I understand that. But guys, when we sin as Christ's children, as children of God, it ought to break our heart. It ought to get our attention, and we ought to fall on our knees, or we ought to just say immediately, Lord, forgive me of my sins. But when we do that day after day, and we live in that same lifestyle day after day after day, and we never, never have one moment of remorse about it, we have never had one moment. Don't judge me. Don't, that's all we can say is don't judge me. Don't think about getting on our knees. Don't judge me. Guys, you're living without Christ. And I don't say that because I'm a great guy. I say that because that's what the Bible says. Living in habitual sin. Habitual sin over and over and over. And guys, we can say on the word of God, it's wrong. It's wrong for me. It's wrong for you. I'm not just picking out two or three people and saying you're wrong. It's wrong for all of us, amen? We're all the same on this playground. We're all the same. It's so important that we realize that. We will be judged. Look at Romans 5. But because of your stubbornness, mm, I'm glad I'm not stubborn, amen? Don't say nothing, Dana. And your unrepentant heart. See what, what their unrepentant heart. Not sorry for what I've done. Boy, there's another, there's another flag right there that you don't know Christ. An unrepentant heart. 
You are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath when his righteous judgment will be revealed. Guys, we're going to be judged. Does everybody hear that? We're going to be judged. And you can, like I said before, you can do it in one or two ways. You can miss the wrath of God through the Son, Jesus Christ. You know what? When he hung on the cross, you remember when it got black for those three hours? And he just turned his... Jesus cried out because his father turned his back and he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You know why? Because he just dumped his wrath on sin at that moment. His wrath is strong, guys. We, we've been talking about this a lot in Deuteronomy, but listen, God does not play. And we've got thinking that we serve a soft God and we serve a God that just lets us get by with whatever we want. It's easier to ask for forgiveness than ask for yeah, you know, permission and all those things we say real cute. And God's my friend and God understands when I sin. He don't understand that. And he loves you. He loves you, but he don't love sin. And we play with God. And those folks in Deuteronomy, they played with God. And they didn't listen to God. And they didn't do what God asked them to do. And it cost them their life. Someday when God pours out his wrath on people that don't know Jesus... It's going to be ugly. And you go, well, why would a good, loving God do that? Why would a good, loving God? You talk about all the time how God is love, and he loves, and for God so loved the world. Guys, that's what he's doing right now. He is loving the world in grace, and he's extending the time, and he's patient, and he's waiting, and he loved us so much he sent his only son, and he's waiting, and he's waiting. Why don't he come back and just clear this mess up? Because the minute he says, that's enough, and he blows the trumpet, guys, it's over. There's no more chances. It's over. And so he waits, and he waits, and he waits because he loves you. But on the day he says, that's it, it's going to get ugly. And there's not going to be any do-overs. There's not going to be any second chances because he's waiting now. You hear someone pray just about every service in this church. If someone is today is their day of salvation, may they find that salvation today. That's why he says today is the day. Today is the day. Let's read on. God will repay each person according to what they have done. Now, remember who the audience here is. The audience is someone that's kind of a, a moral objector, you know, I, I don't really believe this God stuff, you know, I, I, y'all can go to that church, just leave me alone, don't bother me with all that, you know, and that's what his audience is here. He's trying to tell them, look, no matter how good you think you are in your eyes, no matter what you think you've done, how good you are to each other, no matter how much money you give to charity or whatever you do, he said, look, to those, in verse 6, God will repay each person according to what they have done. And I'm telling you, when it comes time to be judged for my works, opposed to being judged for my salvation through the blood of Jesus Christ, that's going to win. My works, all that you can possibly do for God, will not get you into heaven. Now listen to me. We don't get saved and sit down and go, well, Brother Todd said I don't have to work my way. You don't work your way to heaven but because of what Christ has done for you, you want to do things for him. You want, to, you want to go out and serve others. You want to live that life. And so there are things that we do because of our salvation. 
But guys, our works, the Bible says our works are like filthy rags. And we could get a whole list of good works, and we go before Jesus, and we, we've never given our heart to him, but we go before Jesus someday at the great white throne and go, here, Lord, here's what I've done. I want you to let me in your heaven. And he looks at that and goes, what do you want me to do with those filthy rags? You can't get in this door except through my son. There's no other way. I've told you that. He is the way, the truth, and life. No man comes to the Father except through him. You can't be good enough. God is going to judge each one that don't know Christ. He's not everyone that don't give their heart to Jesus. We're talking about judging sinners here, judging lost. He's going to judge them on their works. And guess what? Their works will never measure up. They'll never measure up. They're not going to get into heaven. Maybe you have a great, some great accomplishments in life. You know, you're going to get in because of your racial origin or your national origin. You're not going to get in because you've got Christians in your family. You're, not going to, you're just going to be judged. That's the only way you're going to be judged by your own conduct. That's the only way. It says here, listen to this quote, the person who wants to work for eternal life can do so, but remember, they will be judged by their works. And when your works stack up against Jesus Christ, you fail every time. Do not think you can work your way into heaven. Do not think you can go around the cross. You know what you say when you think, I don't have to go through the cross? You're thinking what Jesus did was, was insignificant. When you say you can work your way to heaven and do enough good things and God will let you into heaven, you're saying that Jesus didn't even need to come. That was just a waste of time. You, you remember what he prayed in the garden? He sort of, Lord, if there's, if there's another way, then let that be. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And, and what, like I said at Easter, he said that so we could hear it. He, he knew the answer. Jesus knew the answer before the beginning of time. He knew the answer. The only way was through him to die. The perfect Lamb of God. He knew the answer. He's saying that so we can hear it. That there's no other way that people can come to heaven and come to Christ than through the blood of shed, the shed blood of Jesus Christ. There's no other way. But yet people say, I'll make it. I've done a good, good things. I've got enough good check marks. And what you're saying is what Jesus did was totally irrelevant. And guys, I'm telling you, God doesn't make mistakes, and he didn't, send, he didn't send Jesus to this world just because it was a good thing to do. He did it because it was the only way that we could all find salvation. It was the only way through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. It's very important. You see why we as Christians need to know these things? People are asking these questions today. We're in that fight out there. When we walk through these doors in a minute and go out there, we'll be in the mission field. We tend to think mission field is Africa or China or, or you know, India, you know, something like that. By the way, we got, we got an urgent request last night from prayer from Samaritan's Purse. That's who we deal with for Operation Christmas Child. And ISIS has taken over the town that some of their workers are in just 10 miles away. And they prayed for coverage because they weren't going to leave. They were going to stay. They've been sneaking food into people so they could continue to eat. You talk about being on the front lines for Jesus. And they prayed for cover. They prayed that God would cover them. 
so they can continue to do what they want. They didn't leave. They didn't run out the back door. They said, we're staying. It might cause us our head, but we're going to continue to help these people and show them the love of God. And I ask you to partner with me as we pray for those people that are on the front lines, serving people and serving the Lord. You see what I'm talking about? The war is going on. We've got to have everything in our backpack that we can. When we walk out these doors and go into that mission field, we've got to have everything in our backpack that we could possibly have because we're going to get all kind of questions all week. And guys, they can come out of nowhere. You just got to be ready. Gary's talked about that a lot. We've talked about that so many times. You got to be listening for those key questions. You got to be listening for those people saying, well, yeah, but what about this? But yeah, I'm a good person. But yeah, what if I do good things? Yeah, but what if I give to charity? That's going to get me to heaven, right? Boop, 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 boop. Your little alarm ought to go off. Said, Can I tell you the answer to that? I learned it just this Sunday in church. There's no way other to heaven but through Jesus Christ. You've got to give your heart to Jesus. You've got to trust in him and him alone. You've got to believe he is the only one true God. And you've got to do it. You've got to do it. Let's read on. To those who, by persistence in doing good, seek glory, honor, and immorality, he will give eternal life. Those that are saved. Now listen, some people will say, when you read these verses, it sounds like we're working our way to heaven. But what he's saying is, when you know Christ, in order to do good works, I really think, I think in order to do good works, you have to have Christ in your life first. We're just not geared to do good works on our own. There's got to be some evidence there. There's got to be some Jesus in you. There's got to be a lot of Jesus in you. Because what's, what's our way? Look back, at the, look back at the garden. What's our way in life? What did Adam and Eve decide? I want to take care of me. I want to take care of me. That's the way we are without Jesus. I want to take care of me, and I don't care what anybody else thinks. When Jesus comes in, you're changed. he changes your attitude. All of a sudden, you know, it's not about you anymore. It's about everybody else. That's the way Jesus was. It's about everybody else. I asked my kids this morning, tell me some things Jesus done while he was here. Oh, he walked on water. Man, he, he fed 5,000. He raised Lazarus from the dead. He, he taught disciples. He just loved people. That's what he wants from us. That's what he wants from us. Because we have him in us. We will do those kind of things. Maybe not the miracles that he did, but we will care and we will serve and we will do those things. What does it say one more time? To those who by persistence over and over and over. See, you can't just do one good thing and that lasts you for six weeks. That's kind of the way we live. And I, I want to tell you, we're, we're kind of like that as, as Christians sometimes. Oh, I did something bad over here on my blackboard. But you know what? If I do three good things, that'll erase that thing. That's not the way it works. We ask God to forgive us for this. And we go right back to doing the good things that he wants us to do. And persistent. We're doing it day after day after day after day after day. We're persistent in doing it. We don't just do it one time a month. We don't do it just one time a year. We're persistent in being what God wants us to be. That's when you know he's in you. That's when you know you've given your heart to him. That's what you want to do. You want to do the right thing on a daily basis. Yes, do we fail? Yes. Do we sin some days? You better believe it. But we want to get right back in there, say, Lord, forgive me, and get right back to work for him because this world needs us to be salt and light. They're trying to find the answers, guys, and God has asked us to be their answer. Now, we know he's extremely the answer, but we point them to him. Isn't that amazing that God has asked me and you? Just stop and think about that just a minute. 
That still blows my mind when I think about that. He's entrusted into me and you to live in such a way that people can see him. Does that not overwhelm you? That overwhelms me to think about. He wants us to live in such a way that people see him in us and say, what is it about you? What makes you so different? What makes you so good day after day? What makes you so persistent and and going to church and all those things? What does that? And you say, have you got a moment? Can I tell you about my Savior? He said, let men see your good works, not so that you can say, boy, I'm a great guy, but that you can point them to Jesus. I told the kids this morning, it's great to get a back slap. Did a great job, you know? And I said, listen to me, when somebody tells you, oh, you did a great job, here's what you do. You say thank you, but you say, let me tell you why I've done that. Because of Jesus Christ. Let me give glory to God. Let me give glory to him. I don't do that because I'm a great person. I do it because Christ is living in me. And I thank you for the compliment. But I want to tell you the reason I do the things I do and the reason I'm gifted the way I am is because Jesus has allowed me that. And I praise his name today. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. Isn't it something? Mm. Judgment is coming, guys. But there's a way out. That's what's so good. That's, there's, a good there's a good tone to this. I know it seems, this is tough, Brother Todd. Talking about judging and going to hell and all those things. But guys, there's a way out. There's a way out. Verse 8. But for those who are self-seeking and who reject the truth and follow evil, there will be wrath and anger. Mm. And guys, that's not mine and your anger as Christians. That's wrath and anger from a holy God. Hmm. That ought to just put fear in all of us. The next time we even think about sinning, that ought to just put fear in us. Now, we know that once we give our heart to Jesus, we are, we are his. But guys, listen, as we'll study in Jude tonight, we, they, don't give us, they don't give us a license to go do what we want. Paul said, man, don't you treat God's grace like that? Don't you say, oh, I've got saved now. I'm, I'm covered. I got that down. I'm, I can just go live however I want. God will forgive me. Don't you treat grace like that. Todd Benson, don't you treat grace like that. That grace costs a great price. That was the price of Christ's life for us. Don't you treat grace like that. They like to, they like to rub that off on us as Baptists, you know. Oh, yeah, y'all believe that? Once saved, always saved. I hate that term. I, I do believe in eternal security of the believer because I believe Christ is doing the holding and not me. But I also believe that they don't give me a license to act however I want to. I should want to live for him even more that I know him. And the more I know him, the sweeter he grows, as the old song says. And the more I know him, the more I want to live for him. And the more I know him, the more I don't want to sin because I know how much he detested and I know how much it cost him. It cost him his only son. And we should not want to do that. We should want to cherish grace. Don't you dump on grace like that. Me neither. Verse 9, there will be trouble and distress for every human being who does evil. Isn't that something? Why is my life so hard? You ever hear that at work? Why is my life so hard? There will be trouble and distress for every human being who does evil. 
first for the Jew and then for the Gentile, but glory, honor, and peace for everyone who does good. First for the Jew and then for the Gentile, for God does not show favoritism. I, I think that's the greatest thing, guys, about, about God is that everybody is, is, is level. I'm going to come down here because I want to be on level ground with you. But we're, we're all level. We're, we're all the same. And see, what he was talking about here, he, he kind of gets a little dig in there to the, Jew peop- the Jewish people because they thought, hey, we're God's chosen people. We've been studying about them in Deuteronomy, and, and God did choose them, and they are still his chosen people, and he loves them, and he's going to deal with them later time at, in, during tribulation, and he loves them, but he wants them to know, just because I've chosen you as my my people, that don't just qualify you for heaven. I want you to know me in your heart. And I, as we look at God doesn't show favoritism. Everybody's the same. You know, I hear terms like, you Christians this, and you Christians that. You Christians want to judge me, and your church wants to judge me, and and the churches just feel like they're better than everybody else. Guys, I don't, think, I don't think you can raise your hand. I think you can raise your hand in this place in the last 10 years. You've never heard me say we're better than anybody else. We're just sinners saved by grace. We have flaws and bumps and scrapes and cuts and things we've dealt with in our life. But we also have the saving grace of Jesus Christ that... that that heals all wounds and that forgives all sins. And the greatest thing about that is it's available to anybody that will ask for it. Anybody that will ask for that can, can have that. And, and you don't have to stand on your head. You don't have to have a million dollars. You don't have to be a member of this church for 10 years. You can just come to the feet of Jesus and say, Lord, I just realized, I don't know why it took me so long, but I just realized that I'm lost. And I don't have any of those fruits of the Spirit. And, and I, don't, I don't know you as my Savior. I've just known about you. And today I want to just give you my life. And I want you to lead me. And I want you to, to show me how to grow in you. And show me how to become more like you. And, and mature and grow as, as a Christian. And you know what? He'll say, welcome home. Come on in. I, I, I'll adopt you. I'll put you in my family. And he will show you how to live. And, and it's wonderful. Now, we all know as Christians, not every day is just hunky-dory, and we all smile all the time and show white teeth, and, well, it's a great life, you know, nothing ever goes wrong with me. We know that life is a struggle. But we also know that in that struggle, through that struggle, around that struggle, over that struggle, on the back end, on the front end, in the middle of that struggle, is Jesus saying, come on, come on, I'll take care of you. I'll show you how to get through it. And when you get through on the other side, you're going to be even stronger. We're going to even do more with each other and more for the kingdom than ever before because now you've got more to tell now you've got more to share and you can tell what jesus has done in your life guys this is not about favoritism this is about that everybody has an opportunity you know if i had one dollar up here for everybody that was here this morning i laid them all on this thing everybody could get a dollar all you gotta do is come get your dollar that's not showing favoritism everybody can have one but if you sit there and say, no, I don't want my dollar, that's your choice. But then when you leave and say, I can get a dollar. 
Who do you got to blame? Right now, Jesus says on a much bigger scale than that, everyone that wants to come to the Father can. Everybody that wants to spend glory in heaven can. All you got to come up here and do is claim Jesus Christ and put him in your life and live for him. And someday when you get before Lord and you didn't do that, you're not going to have anybody to blame. You can't say, Lord, it's your fault. I didn't get a fair shake. Lord, you didn't treat me right. You treated them other people better than me. Them church people got more treatment than me. What did we just read? God does not show favoritism. Salvation is available to all. All you got to do is ask for it. You've got to make the step. And that will open the door for all of eternity. And it's a good thing. Yes, judgment is coming. Yes, it's going to be ugly. But you don't have to go through it. You can go through on the blood of Jesus Christ and be forgiven. And all God's people said, amen. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you, Lord. There's so much going on in our world today. We're a busy people. We're a, a hurried people. And, Lord, it hurts our heart when we read some of the things we read and we see the news and we, we see news statements on Facebook and things. Lord, it just breaks our heart. Lord, we just, we just feel like we're in such a mess. But, Lord, help us in the middle of all that to just pause for a minute and say, you know what? God's waiting. God's being patient. He's wanting those people to find Christ. He's wanting them to know that he loves them. Lord, help us to live the life and we leave these doors. Help us to bear good fruit, kindness, patience, long-suffering, self-control. Lord, help us to be fruit bearers. And Lord, I pray if there's anyone in this congregation today that don't know you as Savior, that they will not wait anymore. Lord, you're willing. You are so willing for them to know you. All they have to do is receive and believe and confess. And you'll, you'll be there for them. Lord, please speak to anyone this morning that doesn't know you, that doesn't know for sure they're saved. Lord, we'd love to, to celebrate with them. Lord, for us as Christians, help us live the life. Help us to be sorrowful for our sin. Help us to have repentant hearts. And help us to want to do more for you and help us to be persistent in doing good. Lord, thank you for your word this morning, how rich it is. And Lord, just speak now during this time. Speak to the individual on, on where they're at, what they're dealing with, where they're hurting. And Lord, we appreciate that. And we love you for that. In your name we pray.